Hey, 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 y'all, just real quick before we play this episode. But if you're considering applying for the 2025, oh my gosh, 2025 cohort of being with, which is my year-long immersive training program for professionals who support and work with parents, I want you to head over to robingobel.com slash being with right now and get your name on the waiting list. We're going to do applications and registration a little differently this year because of the already overwhelming interest in the 2025 cohort. So we're going to open applications up first only to folks on the waiting list. That means in order to be one of our early applicants, we need you to sign up on that waiting list before June 25th. RobinGobel.com slash being with, and I'll get that link down in the show notes as well. Alrighty, here's the episode. So when your kid's behavior is baffling and yours is too, sometimes, yeah, I know. Let's take a break from all the bamboozle here on the baffling behavior Hey, hey, hey. Welcome, y'all, to the Baffling Behavior Show or the podcast formerly known as the Parenting After Trauma Podcast. I'm Robin Goebel. Welcome, welcome, welcome. If you're parenting a child whose behaviors seem totally baffling to you, regardless of the why, then you are in the right place. We're actually gearing up together for the release of my first book, Raising Kids with Big Baffling Behaviors, Brain, Body, Sensory Strategies That Really Work. That book is coming out on September 21st, y'all. It's actually getting close to September 21st. I can't believe it. This book has been in the makings for a long time, and I officially turned in a completed manuscript on June 30th of 2022. So that was a long time ago. I had thought the book was going to come out in April, but then a few things set us back. And here we are with a September 21st publishing date. Here on the podcast, I am doing a series that is mirroring the arc of the book. So we started a couple weeks ago by talking about why it is so important to understand the neuroscience of behavior, because that's section one of the book. We dive deep into the neuroscience of regulation and connection and felt safety. And just like the podcast, work really hard in the book to decode all of the important science and offer it to you in a way that actually makes sense to you, is useful in your day-to-day life, right? So try to pull all the jargon out. I try to reduce it down to what you actually really need to know and describe it to you in a way that makes it make sense. So that's section one of the book. Then in section two of the book, we start to look at tools and strategies, things that we can practically do that will actually make an impact on our kids' behaviors. And more important than that even is make an impact in a way that takes us out of that endless cycle of behavior whack-a-mole which I'm sure you know exactly what I mean, right? Where you learn about a strategy 
and you try it and maybe it works and maybe it doesn't and maybe it works for a little bit and then it stops working or maybe it works and then another strategy pops back up and then, oh yeah, by the way, you listen to several different professionals and they're all telling you slightly different prof- slightly different ideas. And so you don't know what to do and so you just try all of them. Of course you do. That makes perfect sense. And... I work really hard to be not one of those professionals who's just chucking like behavior management tools at you and creating even more chaos and confusion in your life and it really keeping you stuck in that whole like whack-a-mole game. I work really hard to give you tools that quote unquote really work. And the reason they get to be tools that really work is because we lay them on top of understanding what the behavior really is. If we can understand what the behavior really is, what's driving the behavior, which I promise you we can do even the most baffling behavior. And y'all, that's my jam, right? Like I'm the therapist where parents bring their kids with the most like baffling, out of control, these behaviors don't make any sense behaviors. And so both are true. Like on the surface, we look at these behaviors and we're like, these behaviors make no sense. And that is 100% true. I will agree with you on that one. But then we're going to go the next step and say, actually... I know it feels like these behaviors don't make any sense. That feeling is true and valid in you and probably in your kid as well. Your kid is probably quite confused about their own behaviors. That's 100% true. I get that. And I also know from deeply studying the neuroscience of behavior that actually all behavior does make sense. And making sense of the most baffling behavior, that in and of itself actually is a strategy because it brings this thing called coherence to the behavior. And from a neurobiological standpoint, coherence is really crucial in moving towards changing the brain and changing the nervous system. So understanding the behavior actually is a strategy. And I know you need more strategies than that. I really wanted to write a book that wasn't just like a word bank of strategies and then like, good luck, good luck trying to figure out when to use these strategies. No, I wanted to offer you more tools for your parenting toolbox. Again, kind of like a word bank. But more than that, I wanted to equip you with ideas about when to use them because you have some idea of what's going on with that behavior and what that child needs. So that's section two of the book. It's the longest section. Then section three is my other core kind of pillar or tenant, which is, you know, the strategies are only as good and only as useful as the parent that is using them is regulated, not calm, but regulated. And of course, not perfectly, not all the time. In fact, how often we need to be regulated and still support our kids in their regulation is probably not as often as you might even think. Thank goodness, right? Because that makes that feel doable. 
So in this podcast series, I've already talked about section one, understanding the neurobiology of behavior. That was a couple weeks ago. Last week, we talked about one component of how to change behaviors. And that's what I call growing the owl brain. Those are strategies that aren't responding or reacting to actually challenging behaviors, but strategies that we can implement that will help increase our child's window of stress tolerance, decrease like kind of how often or how intense those challenging behaviors are. But of course, no matter how hard we're working on growing our child's owl brain, they're still going to have baffling behaviors that we need to respond to. So that's what we're talking about today. Now, as a reminder, we talked about this last week, the tagline for my book is brain body sensory strategies that really work. And I told you last week that at first I didn't love that tagline. I felt really strongly about not naming the book something that felt kind of catchy, like felt like I was promising the reader something I couldn't possibly promise, which was essentially that if you read this book, your kids' behaviors will change. I couldn't begin to promise that. And I didn't want to give that impression at all in the title or the subtitle. So I was a little bristly about that subtitle at first. Though as time has gone on, I've gotten more comfortable with that subtitle and actually feel like it really is a very accurate subtitle. The whole point of a book, the whole point of my book, right, is actually that I want to offer you strategies that do really work. There would be no other reason for me to invest the time and the energy as you're writing a book and then ask you to invest the time and the energy to read that book, right? The only reason to do that is if I thought the strategies really work, So I do believe that the strategies that I talked to you about in that book and the strategies that I talked to you about here in the podcast and the strategies that I talk about with parents in the club, you know, I do believe those are strategies that really work and they have the opportunity to work because you'll understand the neurobiology of the behavior, right? You'll understand or you'll begin to have enough understanding that you can stay really curious about what the behavior really is. And then you'll have some good ideas about when and why to use the different tools in your parenting strategy toolbox. That then, of course, increases the possibility that you'll be able to break out of behavior whack-a-mole and have strategies that actually really do work. 
So yeah, I had to kind of take a step back and realize that the the subtitle brain body sensory strategies that really work isn't me saying, hey, I promise you that if you do these strategies, everything's going to get better. No, what I'm suggesting is that when we bring all these pieces together, we understand what the behavior really is and what the nervous system needs, then we have more of an opportunity to come up with strategies that are actually really going to work. Responding to kids' challenging or baffling behaviors, right? Like the behaviors that we're hoping really will change because they're impacting our kids and their relationships with others and with themselves too in pretty negative ways. So of course, as people who love them, we have this desire for these behaviors to change. But so often, changing the behavior is where we can get a little bit stuck, right? We, we, we put all of our effort and our focus there, right? Like, how do we change this behavior? And sure, of course, sometimes the behaviors are so intense, so dangerous, so frequent that we really do got to get a lot of attention to, we've got to get these behaviors to change. But we actually are going to get way more bang for our buck in the long run if we aren't focused on responding to baffling behaviors, but instead on what I call growing their owl brain, growing their window of stress tolerance, which is going to decrease the frequency of these baffling behaviors and the intensity of them, as well as like the the mismatch of them. You know, like so many parents I work with, they're baffled because it feels like the stressor doesn't match the behavioral response. And the more we grow the owl brain, the more they match, the closer the stressor will match the stress response. But of course, I live in the real world with you, and I know that even if we're really focused on growing the owl brain, we are still regularly coming across behaviors that are difficult, challenging, baffling, and and those behaviors need some sort of response, right? When we're parenting with the brain in mind, we are less focused, though, on stopping the behavior and more focused on tending to what's causing the behavior. Now, don't get me wrong. Of course, there's still a big part of us that just wants that behavior to stop. I get that, of course. And the more we approach parenting in this way, we can kind of hold both truths together. Like, yeah, we do want this behavior to stop. It's really uncomfortable. It's not safe, all those things. And I can want that behavior to stop without being focused on stopping the behavior. Unless, of course, we are in immediate danger. That's a completely different conversation to have. If you're in immediate danger, then yes, our focus is, of course, on getting the behavior to stop. So often our kids' baffling behaviors aren't posing an immediate physical danger. They're they're evoking a response in us that leaves us feeling like we're in immediate physical danger. And if we're not in immediate physical danger, 
I think we can grow our own capacity for kind of holding these two things together. Like one, this yes, like yes, desire. I want this behavior to change. But two, also this desire to focus on what's actually causing that behavior, knowing if we react to or respond to that, we are much more likely to not just get a different behavior in the immediate short term, but actually make a shift or impact to the nervous system in the long term in a way that we are going to have less of those behaviors emerge overall. So we're going to stay focused on what's causing the behavior. And while there's about 1 trillion billion answers to that, we actually can put all of those into basically three categories. Lack of regulation, lack of connection, lack of health safety. Yes, sometimes our kids, especially if they've experienced trauma, abuse, or neglect, or they've lived in um, impoverished situations, sometimes kids really do need to be taught what to do. There actually is a missing thing to know what to do. But in most circumstances, kids aren't having a baffling behavior because they don't know what the quote-unquote right behavior is, right? They do know what the right or the expected behavior is. There's some other reason Right. And when I look at big picture neuroscience and neuroscience of behavior, and I really stay committed to the truth that connection is a biological imperative, meaning we all desire to demonstrate behaviors that increase connection to others and ourselves. When I stay really connected to those truths, what I can come to the conclusion then is that these baffling behaviors are because of lack of regulation, lack of connection to self or others, and or a lack of felt safety. Hey, y'all, I'm interrupting the show super briefly. I want to make sure you've heard about the families rising conference. Families Rising was, is formerly NACAC. So maybe you've been to the NACAC conference. You don't know that they're now Families Rising. So Families Rising is the formerly NACAC conference. It is one of my absolute most favorite conferences because of the super amazing people who attend. Everyone has this like shared mission for helping our most vulnerable kids and improving child welfare practices listening to the voices of those with the lived experience. And I'm so, 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 so honored to be keynoting this year's conference. This conference is offered virtually every other year, which increases accessibility and people's ability to attend, especially affordably. And it is this year that it's virtual. So you can attend this conference from anywhere. Head to robingobel.com slash families rising to get all the details and send me a message if you're planning to attend. All right, back to the episode. Okay, so then when we're facing a baffling behavior, we're responding to a behavior in the moment that 
really does need to change, the first step is recognizing whether that baffling behavior is coming from a brain, a protection mode or connection mode, and then whether that behavior is coming from a brain that's on the watchdog pathway or the possum pathway. Now, the answer to the first question is easy. Almost always, if your kid has a baffling behavior and you want it to change, like something about that behavior is dangerous or irritating or annoying or frustrating, almost always that reaction to the behavior means that your child's nervous system is in a state of protection mode. Now, sometimes it means our behavior, our nervous system's in a protection mode state, right? And even the most unannoying behaviors can feel super annoying when my nervous system is especially fried, okay? So I do want to hold that as a possibility. But generally speaking, when my kid is having a behavior that isn't inviting me into connection with them or isn't making me want to be connected to them... That behavior is almost certainly coming from a nervous system in protection mode. So that answer is easy. Then what we want to think about is, is that protection mode behavior coming from the watchdog pathway or the possum pathway? And then from there, we want to try to make some guesses at how far down that pathway our child is. Okay, so connection mode or protection mode, which pathway, watchdog or possum, and then how far down that pathway. Those are the things we're thinking about when we start to make some attempts at changing that behavior. Now, the book outlines all of this really specifically in a way that is just pretty hard to do in a podcast. That's why I wrote the book and also why I teach all of my students in being with. And then those students get my parent course, right? To go out and teach. And the parent course really mirrors the book. It is the entire reason I wrote the book is to be able to put all of these things in one easy to access place. That is pretty tricky to do in a podcast format. So in the book, we explore really thoroughly, like how do we know the difference between connection mode and protection mode? How do I know the difference between watchdog pathway and possum pathway? And then how do I begin to get some ideas about how far down the pathway my child is when they're demonstrating these baffling behaviors? Now I've got some really good information that helps me determine what kinds of things does my child need in order to bring their owl brain back. So of course, speaking in complete metaphor here, the metaphor is based on you know, the science of interpersonal neurobiology, Dr. Dan Siegel's work. It's based on polyvagal theory, Dr. Steve Porges's work. It's based on state-dependent functioning, Dr. Bruce Perry's work and his neurosequential model. So I, I took that science and kind of combined it with my experiences as a play therapist to think of this these behaviors through this very playful lens 
where we can begin to make friends with our owl, watchdog, and possum brain. Okay, so there's four levels, four different levels of activation or arousal on the watchdog pathway as well as on the possum pathway. And we can get to know our kids to know what their cues and clues are that let us know where they are on those pathways. Then from there, we can get to know our kids to know what kinds of things support inviting regulation, inviting connection, inviting felt safety. Now, there's some tools that are kind of universal, like some sensory strategies that I think are really helpful. Some strategies of felt safety that I think are really helpful, right? There's some universal strategies I offer up, of course, in the book. And then help you learn how to get to know your unique child's watchdog and possum pathways and yours too, actually, so that you can kind of choose the right tool for the situation. So for example, if your child is just barely down the watchdog or the possum pathway, which on the watchdog pathway, I call that the what's up watchdog. On the possum pathway, I call that the la la land possum. So if your child has just moved into protection mode, they are barely down the pathway, not that far down at all. Strategies are focused on snagging their owl brain, bringing safety to the owl brain so the owl brain will stick around. So that typically involves strategies that maybe are using words age appropriately, being reasonable and logical, again, age appropriately. And sometimes actually even just pausing and asking for more owl brain behavior can be really helpful. And and really the biggest thing, if we're just barely in protection mode and barely down that watchdog or possum pathway, the, the most important thing to do actually is to not overreact which can cause a bigger watchdog or possum response and kind of scare the owl brain into flying away. So those sort of like barely down the watchdog or possum pathway behaviors sometimes is like some sassiness, some mild disrespect, mild opposition, some like la-la land behaviors. What they look like specifically is really going to vary child to child, of course. But again, one of my goals is to help you get really curious and gather that information about your child as opposed to me telling you that information, right? Then as our kids go further and further down those pathways and their owl brain flies further and further away, right? Their logic and their reasoning goes right out the door. So we can't rely on our kids to remember, for example, like the long-term consequence of a behavior, or we, we can't ask them to care about how their behavior is impacting other people because those are all jobs of the owl brain. And the owl brain has flown away. So we are going to focus on calming the watchdog or the possum pathway first, creating enough safety that the owl brain wants to come back. Now, how we do that specifically, again, is going to depend on the level, 
right? Which level of watchdog are we at? Which level of possum are we at? We might use some sensory strategies for regulation. We might use some cues of safety, like thinking about our own tone and our own body language. It really depends. And again, so much of this is like trial and error. We're going to try things, see what happens, and then try something next. And of course, once a kid is like all the way in attack watchdog mode, and we're talking physical aggression, things are very dangerous. We just have to focus on keeping everyone safe. How you do that is going to vary based on so many things. Where you are, what's the level of danger, how um, big is your child, what things do you have when in arm's reach. Like, there's just so many things that are going to go into how do you respond to a physically dangerous behavior when your child is like attack level watchdog. And the truth actually is, is that when you're in danger, true physical danger, we want to rely on our own watchdog brains to take over to keep us safe. Okay, now, I really commonly hear parents say things like, okay, this makes perfect sense. I can respond to watchdog or possum brain behavior, you know, really focusing on regulation, connection, and felt safety so that their owl brain will come back. But like once our owl brain comes back and they're regulated again, what what's the consequence? And that is such a great question. I, again, think of that as like, what do we do when the owl brain returns? And I have several episodes about that already on the podcast. I'll link to them in the show notes. I have an episode called exactly, but what about a consequence? And then... I dive into that question super deeply all in chapter nine in the book. Chapter nine is all about what do we do when that owl brain returns. That's usually what parents are asking when they say, but but what about a consequence? Now, it is my intention that on the podcast, in the book, Raising Kids with Big Baffling Behaviors, of course, in the parent course that I'm teaching all my students to be able to teach to y'all inside like the Being With program. And then, you know, of course, of course, like inside the club, it is my intention to teach you so many strategies and, and strategies that actually really can work. And they really can work then when we add in attunement to your specific child. And and of course, a whole lot of trial and error and rupture repair between you and your child as you together develop a way of being with one another so that you can increase regulation, connection, and felt safety. Like I very intentionally did not want to give you a manual like for lying, do this, for stealing, do this. That wouldn't be fair because it probably sell well. Like if I said, here, I have this book and you just go right to the behavior and then it tells you what to do for that specific behavior. I, I, I know a lot of parents would love that book, but I also know that if a book like that was going to work for you, you probably wouldn't even be listening to this podcast 
The truth is, is that for the kids with the biggest, most baffling behaviors, I really have no idea how to specifically address, for example, lying until we assess for a whole lot of other things. I'm interrupting the show real quick because if you happen to be a new listener, you might find yourself being a little overwhelmed by all this information. That makes total sense. I mean, there's like 150 episodes plus all the free resources that are available over my website. It's just a lot. So many folks have asked me, where do I start? So I created a separate podcast stream called Start here. What I did is I took the 10 episodes that I want you to listen to first, and then I want you to listen to in this specific order, and I put them into a separate podcast stream so that you don't have to search for them. You can just press play and they'll play one after the other after the other. If you go to robingobel.com slash start here, you'll be able to get an invitation to subscribe, and then you'll be able to listen right in the same podcast app you're using right now. RobinGobel.com slash start here. When we can put on those x-ray vision goggles, get really curious about the why behind the behavior and stay open to doing a lot of trial and error and also have a lot of strategies to choose from in our strategy toolbox that's when we start to figure out what kinds of strategies really work for our kids, for us, for our whole family. So y'all, next week, we're going to look at a question that probably a lot of you listening have, and that's, how can you know all these things? How can you know about regulation, connection, and felt safety and have a toolbox full of tools, tools that actually work because they're actually addressed at solving the real problem? How can you have all those things and still not do them? Because I don't know about you, but I know a lot of these things and I have a toolbox full of tools that really work. And do I use them all the time? No way. In fact, my 17-year-old son has started helping me with the podcast and is doing some of the editing because he's got the tech skills that I don't have. And he is probably just laughing his head off. Like, of course, I do not always use them. Of course, of course, of course. And you aren't going to either. So that's what we're going to tackle Next week here on the podcast, that's what I tackle in section three of raising kids with big baffling behaviors. Okay, so come back next week. We'll talk all about that. A little sneak peek is it's the exact same reason our kids can know the right behavior and still not do it. And it's because of a lack of regulation or connection and or felt safety. So the same way we focus on our kids' regulation, connection, and felt safety, we're going to turn all of that compassion and curiosity towards ourselves, right? So we can grow our owl brains and stay regulated in the face of the most baffling behaviors. Not all the time, 
but sometimes. And when we stay more regulated, you will parent the way that you want to. You will pull these tools out of your toolbox because you have to keep your owl brain around. You don't have to stay calm, just have to keep your owl brain around. That's what we're going to talk about next week. Now, y'all, the book release, closer and closer and closer. I mean, we are like in the final countdown as we get closer to September 21st and the book coming out. So here's what you can do to get your hands on that book. You're going to go to robingobel.com slash book and you will be directed to all the different ways you can pre-order the book. And there are a couple different pre-order bonuses you can snag. If you order from my publisher, you can get 20% off. That is an awesome way to order multiple books. So if you're going to give books away or you're going to get a book club together or you're going to, you know, stock them in your organization's library and you need several, ordering them directly from my publisher, getting 20% off and free shipping is an awesome way to go about doing that. You can order from my local bookstore here in Grand Rapids, Michigan. I'm not exactly sure what the deadline for that is going to be. By the time you're listening to this episode, we're probably getting close to that deadline. If you order from them, you'll get a signed copy because I'm going to go into the bookstore and sign them before they mail them to you. Okay. Uh, you also, if you order two or more books, you can come for free to a live event here that I'm hosting in Grand Rapids, Michigan. The information for that is over on my website. The event is called To You From Us With Love. And I'm bringing in my team from being with, my coaching team from being with, and we are going to put on a short little retreat for you just to say thank you and and to nourish you. It is here in Grand Rapids. I know that that, of course, limits so many of you who can possibly come. And because of the venue, there are limits to how many people can come. Um, So if you think that sounds like something you'd love to do, is come to an event here in Grand Rapids, Michigan on September 29th, then you're going to want to order two books then head to my website, find the information about that event. And if it's still open for registration, you're going to just give me your information and you're going to get all registered. And then we're going to hang out together on September 29th. So that is another fun little pre-order bonus that I have planned for you. And also, oh my gosh, let me just tell you how excited I am that my entire team from being with is coming in. That means they're coming in from all over the country. They're going to be here, like at my house. And we're going to work together to put on an event for you. I'm super, super, super excited for you. Now, if you're finding this episode after the fact, like September 21st is long gone, you can still, of course, grab the book. You won't have to pre-order it. It means it'll come right away. And you can do that still from all the same places directly from my publisher. You can order from my local independent bookstore. You can order from your local independent bookstore. And of course, you can get it from places like Amazon, Barnes & Noble, those kinds of places. So just go to robingobel.com slash book. 
in addition to the book, there's so many other fun things happening around here. I am taking applications for the 2024 cohort of Being With. I'm watching my 2023 students start to practice teaching the parent course. That's super exciting. And at the end of September, we will be opening the club for new members. We do that periodically every two or three months. By the end of September, it will have been three months. So it is the perfect time for us to open for new members again. Y'all, all this information is always in the show notes or just over at robingobel.com. Also know that I have so many free resources for you. There is, of course, this podcast is a free resource. And over at robingobel.com slash free resources, I've put together a nice little list of all the free resources I offer, uh, videos, webinars, eBooks, downloadable infographics, podcast series. There's a lot. robingobel.com slash free resources. Okay. I think that's everything. That felt like a lot today. Y'all are amazing. I adore you. I'm so lucky, so fortunate to have the opportunity to be here for you, creating all these resources and join you on this journey of helping your kid and your family, bringing some more regulation, connection, and felt safety to you and your kids. I will see you here next week. Bye-bye. Are you ending this episode with maybe a big sigh of relief? Like, yes, finally, someone gets me and my kids. But also maybe a sense of like, okay, but now what? All right, y'all, I've got lots of possible now what. If you want to connect with me directly, like pick my brain, have access to me almost every day, not to mention hundreds of other parents from around the world who totally get what it's like to be you, then you're going to want to join us in the club. We have monthly live events, including groups for siblings of dysregulated kids, a huge video library with something like 80 or 90 videos, plus transcripts and certificates of completion. Plus, of course, a very active forum that I'm participating in every single day. We open for new members periodically. So go check robingobel.com slash the club. If we aren't open now, you can put yourself on the waiting list and I'll let you know the moment we open for new members, that's robingobel.com slash the club. Now, if you're a professional and you want to strengthen your capacity to work with the families of kids with big baffling behaviors and vulnerable nervous systems, plus use all of my materials, including a 12-module course that follows raising kids with big baffling behaviors, plus be included in an online searchable directory so families all over the world could find you, then you're looking for Being With, which is my year-long immersive training program that runs January through December. So you'll want to go to robingobel.com slash with, read all about it. And if you're interested, put yourself on that waiting list too. 
Now, if you just maybe need a little extra connection and co-regulation, but don't feel like you need to join the club, then you can just keep listening to my podcast. Or you could go subscribe to my Start Here podcast, and that'll give you 10 episodes in order that will take you through cultivating a great foundation of parenting with regulation, connection, and felt safety. That's at robingobel.com slash start here. You have to go there. You can't just find it in your podcast app. Or you could get yourself a copy of Raising Kids with Big Baffling Behaviors, paper book, audio book, ebook. You can get that anywhere books are sold. Or you could just head to my website, download one of my very many free resources. I keep them all really easy to access at robingobel.com slash free resources. Webinars, masterclasses, ebooks, infographics, all sorts of stuff. Go check it out. See what of those things could be supportive of you or maybe to the other adults in your life who are helping support you and your child. There are just so many ways that you and I could be more connected and you can get the amount of co-regulation and support that you need. If it feels like a lot to remember, all you have to do is go to robingobel.com and take your time clicking around, seeing what I got there. I am so, so glad you and I are connected now. And I can't wait to be with you again soon in our next episode of The Baffling Behavior Show. Bye-bye, y'all.